This episode is brought to you by our self-care guide full of practical tips to help you prioritize your self-care. You can download the guide at thejuggle.com.au forward slash self-care. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lilovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Joel Lilovich. And I'm Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. We thought it was time for another real life juggler interview. And today we're joined by one of our listeners and now friends, Hayley McGillivray. Hayley is a mum of two young daughters. She has a background in mineral exploration and mining, and she now works as an innovation facilitator. And I love that job title. So good. She facilitates research collaborations at CSIRO, which is the Commonwealth Scientific and Industrial Research Organization. Hayley currently juggles her work, two daughters and five her husband. I have a real funny image now of her actually juggling her husband. That's <laughs> <laughs> what she does. That's what she does. So we had such an awesome conversation with Hayley today. We get the opportunity to meet Hayley in real life at some of our meetups um, in and around Perth, which is great fun. And today we got to chat for the purposes of this podcast so you can all share in the conversation that we have with Hayley. There are two common themes that come up through the interview with Hayley today, and those are, in fact, the reasons why we asked her to join us on the podcast. The first is how she prioritises her self-care and how she makes time, even though, or especially given that her husband works away, um, to put herself first and do things that she enjoys doing. And the second is how her and her husband go about reframing some of the challenges that they face as a FIFO family and how they can turn those around and make them into positives. Yeah, it was so important to hear from Hayley that she's had challenges with self-care in the past and that some of those big issues have led to her reframing and rethinking how it is that she and her family live their lives. Unfortunately, so many of us need those big um, issues in our lives before we'll make positive changes. But hopefully listening to Hayley might encourage you to make some changes before you absolutely have to. Mm. Enjoy. Hello, Hayley. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's so great. We mentioned just before that today was one of your daughter's first day at school. So that's exciting. So tell us what time did the day start and how did you get on this morning? Yeah, so it's my daughter's first day in pre-primary today, and the day started at about quarter past five, as per normal, <laughs> with uh, what's known in our house as the McGilly Thunder Run. For anyone staying downstairs, you just hear this sort of, not a patter, it's a stampede of feet it's running. thunder run. <laughs> it's the thunder run. Today, it went well. It was kind of quite poignant for me, because my husband works fly and fly out, as we've spoken of. And his roster has recently changed to week on, week off, which is Uh much better for us. What was Um, it before? Two weeks on, one week off. Wow, that's a big change. Yeah, big change for family balance. So his roster changed towards the end of last year and I increased my work hours, I guess, a little bit as well so that we could really move to more shared parenting. But I guess the last few years I'd been at home that bit more and he had been working away, so by default, I did all the big things. But today, I had to let go, even though I was in Perth, and he did the school drop-off. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, and I, I know it was the right call. It was really important to him. I 
got all these photos and text messages and a phone call to tell me about it afterwards. And I ended up taking the little one into daycare. And then I went on to my meeting. So yeah, I guess it was one of the first big things that have happened in our sort of new dynamic. Yeah, that's nice. I will suggest that it is okay sometimes for both parents to go. We had first day at school today too. And although it was just me doing the drop off, there were lots of other people there who were there in couples. And I think it's one of those things, isn't it? What works for you? What works for the child? And sometimes it's harder for the parent than it is for the child. (laughs) Yeah, I did think about going and I knew that would put today in a rush and everything. And then I Mm. thought, no, control yourself. It's is equally as important for my husband to have those moments with her. Yes. That's nice. I'll good on you. And also I think sometimes it's nice for them to have special moments one-on-one as well. I mean, my husband said this, says this to me quite often that he likes it when I'm not there <laughs> because they get their special time together and it's different. So it's the same as us spending one-on-one time with the children. So it's nice. Yeah, it's good. And for us, that one-on-one time is a really important thing. So how many days are you working now, Hayley? So I work um, what's essentially a, an eight-day fortnight. Mm-hmm. So I work a three-day week when my husband's away and I have Thursday, Friday at home with, I say the girls, but with just my youngest now because the oldest will be in school. And then the following week I work a five-day week and my husband has the Thursday, Friday with Lottie, my youngest. Mm. That's a nice arrangement. And how do you manage the care because he's FIFO? So who's helping you? His family are in Perth, but like many of us, they are still working and busy. So I will caveat this and say that I have a very supportive and flexible role. So it literally is just around that sort of juggling. And I guess when you have a FIFO partner, you need to understand that you're going to have different requirements than someone whose partner is home all the time. So if I am looking to go out, I would need to use a babysitter, whether it maybe family that's available sometimes or we do have um, babysitters who work at the girls daycare and they will babysit for us and um, yeah that's kind of the extent of the help that you really have so it's it's certainly about being comfortable enough to say no I can't do that because I just can't like I missed your lunch the other week yeah with a sick child um, and just sort of being comfortable in the knowledge that that's going to happen I guess Yeah. Let's stick with the FIFO thing for a moment because we have a lot, especially living in Perth, there are a lot of people whose partners work FIFO. And like you say, there are unique challenges and there are different things that you're dealing with that I, for example, whose husband doesn't work away, I'm dealing with. So what are some of the things you find most difficult about doing the juggle when your husband is on a FIFO roster? In some ways, I'm probably not the right person to ask because I've never really mothered without a FIFO partner. And prior to having my children, I also worked FIFO. So I guess I have the sun in. But I think some of the key challenges that I hear from my network and that we obviously have had to overcome is often when your partner's working FIFO, you can sort of feel that you're alone potentially or be looking to talk to them at the end of the day and they may not really have much to tell you by and large because nothing really changes when you're FIFO. (laughs) They may be exhausted from really long hours and you're exhausted as well from long hours I know certainly some of the real challenges we had it is the law of um, being a FIFO partner I guess if you've got kids that the day your partner flies out your kids will get sick (laughs) it literally seems to be the law and so you're then parenting them while they're ill and then if you've got two generally the next one will get it and then you'll have been parenting through that so you'll often get it 
Mm. <laughs> at the end of that, those are probably the, the main sorts of challenges we see. I, I think I'm quite fortunate in that I don't see it as a negative to us. How have you gone with the fact that you've had that roster to one and now one and one, which I presume is going to be a, a much nicer scenario for everybody. But a common refrain that I've heard from other FIFO families is the difficulty that comes on the change. So, you know, you have the two weeks when they're away and you get into your routine and everything's happening and you know how you do things. And then all of a sudden for that week that they're home, it's a different routine again because there's someone else who's contributing to the run of the house. How did you go with making that work for you? I think you have to be quite relaxed around. <laughs> I would definitely um, say that I actually genuinely think that it really, really helps that I work. One thing we noticed really early in the piece was that it can be very easy to fall into the trap when you're that primary caregiver and it's always on you. And then someone comes in for a bit for you to almost treat them like a babysitter and be yes. giving them orders and stuff. And we sort of recognized quite early on in the piece, it was much better if I went out to work so that he had that time to do things his way with them, which may not be my super efficient ways, but they sort of found their own dynamic. And there was a lot of happiness in that. We had years where my kids would not eat a sandwich with me, but they always would with him because that's what what they did and they did completely different things they played different games they did different activities and stuff but they had a lot of happiness in both of them so I think that that does help because he can just come in and do he's got the space to do his things his way and yeah things do change uh we quite often find that I will almost collapse on the couch after walking in from work the day that he gets home because it's like adrenaline has left my Mm -hmm. body I've just had to be so on it and functioning at that level that it, sometimes it's almost like he I get the text saying he's touched down and it feels like everything's just left my body <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm exhausted I've got help now yeah so when you're having those moments and you're, you're feeling overwhelmed what do you do to make sure that it doesn't you know become a really bad situation with you getting really run down and sick we did have that situation okay um, we had the point where he was on two two weeks on one week off And this was partly my own doing. I was using a lot of my sick leave for the kids. Mm. Chest infections that year. And I actually had two children going through their first year of daycare at the same time. And it ended up that I I wasn't feeling very well. (laughs) And I was at a conference at the time. And then I remember saying, I've got to go. I don't feel well. Driving home being like, I'm not going to make it to my doctor's appointment later. And I pulled in at an emergency doctor's that happened to be there. And they sent me for an x-ray and it turned out I had, um, it's called a pleural effusion. It was like water. In your lungs? Yeah. So I got sent straight into A&E and we had to call my mother-in-law and stuff. Um, and wow. he was flying home. Wow. It was at that point, I know that we really had to, I think, I think Lucy and I may have spoken about this in the past, had to sit down and have a chat. And he was just like, I, I'm watching you fade. Mm. I don't know what we can do. We've got to fix something. Mm. we have you've told me about this before and I don't know if this came out of that event or if this is something else but I think of this quite often and one of the things was that your husband said to you that you need to allocate some of the family budget to babysitting so that you could take time out for yourself when he was away tell us about that was that as a result of this or was that something you've done anyway no no it, it probably all came to a head around this and I sort of realized the importance in all of this we sat down and thought about our family as a whole and had some very good sort of open chats around what was important to us. 
And like you said, you have a FIFO partner. Generally, we do earn that little bit more. That isn't just sort of clear profit, if you will, for the family. It's actually some of that needs to be used to help sustain the kind of lifestyle that you might be missing out on because I am working away. You know, he comes home and he has some time to himself when the girls are in daycare and he has that family time. So there are benefits for him as well but I was just working the whole time there in daycare and not having that period of time and I guess sort of if you feel like you're just one person paying a hundred dollars to go to the movies with your friends or something it can seem quite indulgent but if it's reframed in that no we are a FIFO family and sometimes this is what it takes for you to have a little bit of time with your friends as needed it then becomes I guess quite a different value proposition doesn't it it's just something that you do. I remember the first time that I heard of a friend of a friend who was working, I think she was working three or four days a week and she had the children in care another day of the week. And I thought, why would you do that? You're supposed to be spending time with your kids. And, you know, that's time that you can have that one-on-one. I think it might've been a scenario where one was at school and one was in daycare. Now, having experienced what it's like to have multiple children and understanding that need to just zone out and not be mum or not be the employee or, you know, whatever it is work that you do just to be you and have that time to refresh, I am fully in agreement with anyone who sets aside that time for themselves to have that time. And if that means that you need to have your child in daycare for another day a week, then I think it's a a fabulous thing to do because as you say, otherwise you end up in the situation that you did where you've completely worn yourself out and you're no good to anyone. Yeah. I particularly like your way of reframing it though, Hayley, because a lot of women don't take time for themselves, time also money on themselves. They're two things that we're not often not very good at. And it's like you say, the importance of reframing that and saying, well, actually this is the lifestyle that we live and I do need to put myself first sometimes. And if this is what it takes to do it, then that's actually okay. I think so. And I think even just knowing that you've got the full support to have that option can make a difference. So every year now I do a vision board at the start of the year. I love those vision boards. And often it's about myself and my family. And I'll talk about the family things that I'm thinking of with my partner as well. And I think that just helps you understand. So one of the other things was for us to have date night sometimes. And that's been great that we've almost just, you know, you talk about it once and you give yourselves permission for that. One of the other things was I ended up finding a Pilates instructor who comes to my home. Wow, that's fantastic. So twice a week she comes to my home and I've been doing Pilates since April, which is, again, a little bit of me time. She comes once the girls have gone to bed. They don't lose anything. I have something to look forward to. And you look upon it as an expense and go, oh, that could be quite expensive for Pilates. But then you think, well, actually, is it that expensive if twice a week you're getting fitter you're feeling better and you have this thing that you're really excited about that's for you Mm. you saying that makes me think that sometimes we make excuses I mean I'm probably talking about myself here I would say (laughs) I would say I can't even if I wanted to go do Pilates because I need to be home in the evenings because Lily's here and she's in bed and there's no one to look after so it just can't happen you've done the complete opposite you said I want to make this happen how can I do it I think we can make excuses, but I think it can be really overwhelming. Like we've just, we're so busy. Our minds are busy. Everything's busy, which is why I sort of like putting aside this time at the start of the year and really as simply as thinking about what would be my most fabulous version of me that that I would really, I mean, I'm I'm nothing special, but I am now Hayley that goes out sometimes and does Pilates and I'm kind of really 
really happy with that. So I think it's about if you can take that time to just just work out what a few things are that are going to make you feel, you know, a bit snappier, a bit good. And then over time, you can maybe work out ways to do that. I think it's a good option. It, it sort of made me feel a bit differently about stuff when I saw it in plain sight. And I was like, well, if I keep saying that I want to be someone that does Pilates and every time someone else is off to a Pilates class, I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. You know, I used to do that before I had kids. Why don't I just get on with that? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's just that concept of prioritizing, isn't it? You know, doing that vision board for yourself every year and working out what's important to you. And I think what happens is we make excuses. And I think often excuses revolve around money or time. And we, I don't have time for it. I don't have the money for it, or I've got the time for it, but I, you know, can't spend the money because it needs to be allocated to something else, like a a two-week overseas holiday. Well, you know, maybe that two-week overseas holiday is better spent more local and you can have the extra money to do something on a weekly basis that's going to keep you happier as well. So it's just getting clear in your own mind as you've done and accepting what's necessary and important for you. And with that sort of FIFO family and stuff as well, you have a lot of people whose, I guess, their family dynamic is not going to be the same as yours. Yours wouldn't be to mine, to Lucy's, but... So you sort of, if you can sit down and have that conversation with your partner around what is really important for this little family and make it a few things and that that you two are quite strong in that. Yeah. I think that that's a really good foundation for you to make decisions that are good for your family. I mean, even your parents, what you knew when you grew up, their situation certainly wasn't the same as mine is now. And I think that was a realisation for me, you know, there is no one better informed to try and make a good decision about my family than me and my husband and by having those conversations you put those things first and make sure they happen and then everything else kind of falls into place around it so that's how you give it priority something else that I know you do and to me kind of fits a little bit into self-care is something called family rest time that I love and makes me smile every time I say it please share with everybody what family rest time is so family rest time is something that evolved when we you sort of have that period of time when they need to nap and don't think they do or if you've got two children you need to nap and they won't let you one of which is napping one was up all night and you need a nap so yep on days where we are not at school or something we do have family rest time now and Basically, it was an observation from my friend that she grew up in a house where on the weekend they'd all go and have a bit of a siesta and that it was seen like a, a really lovely thing to do. And I was from quite a busy household where if you, you were to rest, someone would ask if you were not feeling very well or something like that. So I was like, right, well, you know, this is something that I can teach them. And we start, it started doing family rest time. So you can go and have a little nap you can read some books you can choose some quiet toys to play with sometimes they actually choose to watch a movie now and I tuck them up one each end of the couch and they'll watch a movie but we're at the point now that my oldest who's four and a half she understands if I shut my eyes for a little while if I say look it's family rest time now we're going to do this afterwards mummy was up all night with Lottie because she's not very well we're just going to have a little rest now. Would you like to choose a quiet toy to play with or something? And yeah, that's what we do. I love it. How did you 
get to that point? How did you make it happen? I have been saying to Lily over the last couple of weeks, I'm really tired. I'm just going to have a little rest. And she says, no, mummy, don't <laughs> rest. She says, rest. Don't rest, mummy. I don't want you to rest. Damn. Okay. So how do I make it happen, Hayley? <laughs> One of the things that I did initially, because it was Millie who didn't want to rest, was I had rest time toys. <laughs> something little that we just, that she might just play with in that time sometimes they weren't very long we also had a period of time with um like story cds mm. so she listened to that in her room just some quiet activities that were sort of reserved for that and i think i just tried to talk about it in quite a a positive way like what we're going to do for a lovely morning now we're just going to have a lovely little time for a rest so no one's tired because when we all get up we're all going to go and do this and we need lots of energy and i do think it's had a change because my girls will actually say to me mum I'm feeling quite tired. Can we have a rest this afternoon now? For me, that's quite a big win that they can actually sort of recognise that. Yeah, definitely. I love that. The only time that I had a child who took themselves off for rest was my youngest child. And he would. He would be like, okay, it's it's afternoon that time and off he'd go. And sometimes he even does it at bedtime. So those children do exist. (laughs) Mine are not natural resters. I will add that. They're not natural resters. You've taught them. Yeah. Now, the last question that I want to ask you about, which is something that you raised with us in preparing for the interview, and these are your words. You say you told us that you definitely believe in not doing everything well. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Yeah, I really believe that. I'm I'm quite happy to be a little bit rubbish at something. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I actually read an article about minimalistic parenting, and it turns out these are some of those principles. So I guess it's around that that conversation that you have about your family. What is important? What is important to your family? And do those things, commit to them and do them well. And the other things, maybe look for someone else that does it better, like cleaning. Yes. Or um, acknowledge, yeah, you know what, that this is not something that I'm great at. So we do a bit a bit less of this. I'm really good at taking my kids out and about on adventures. I'm quite good at doing activities with them. I am horrible at playing with them. Yeah. Like I'll play a board game and stuff. I'm not very good at playing Barbies or mm-hmm. things like that. I'm good at construction phase of Lego, not very good at the playing. So <laughs> that's the kind of thing they can do. It's hard for adults to play make-believe and those kinds of things because it's knocked out of you the older that you get. Yeah. My sister came over the other day and was playing with Lily's little figurines with her and was doing all these little voices and they were going to school and they were going on the bus and they were doing all these things. And I was just watching amazed thinking I've never done anything like that. And then after she left, Lily carried on playing happily like that for hours. And I thought, this is unusual, but how good is it that I don't have to do that because she's got an auntie who will do that for her because it's it's just not my kind of thing. Yeah. And that's the thing that's good. Like don't beat yourself up that it's not like we could sort of have those moments where we go, oh gosh, I should be better at this, shouldn't I? I never do that. Or we can go, great, we've got the auntie. Yeah. <laughs> Let the auntie do that and I'll do some baking with her or something that I know I'm good at. And I think that's the thing, just sort of being realistic and a bit a bit comfortable with what are you good at, what aren't you, and not trying to be someone who can do everything. Beautiful. And that leads straight into our question, which I know you've heard before. Are there words that you live by, Hayley? Do you have a mantra? I've actually got a word this year. I read a thing about how you pick your word of the year. Yes. So um, I thought I would share that with you. This year, I feel like 
we are in a good spot. You know, my family, I've got my husband home more, the girls are on to good things and I'm pretty happy. So I think the word of this year is gratitude for me. So I'm trying to make a point of doing that practice where you name three things you're grateful for in the morning before you start your day. And I I have felt it's definitely uh, made me feel a bit more sprightly through January, I think. I think it's a really nice idea to do that in the morning because so often the way that you hear people talk about it is what were you grateful for today? And my, I think I've spoken about it on the podcast before and my sister's got this little exercise she does with the kids. You know, what made you happy? What made you sad? What made you angry? What did you persevere with? There's a couple of other things as well. And what are you grateful for is, is one of them. It's nice to reflect back on your day, but to start your day with that positive thinking, that's fantastic. Yeah, I'm enjoying it sort of just waking up and being like, yeah, I'm super grateful that we've got our health I'm grateful that today is a really busy day but you know it's just full of good stuff and there's a lot of things that that could potentially slide into the negative and if you can sort of help reframe that to yourself in the morning I think that's a really good thing to do. Mm. reframing seems to be a common theme that's popping up here but it seems to be a good one it's working I'm the same I haven't thought of doing the gratitude thing in the morning I've only ever done it in the evening and I end up looking back and just picking lame things that aren't really things that I'm grateful for but it's that I need to find three things so I'll choose this I feel like maybe doing it in the morning would stop you from doing that I don't know last question that we like to ask all of our jugglers is for in fact all of the people who we interview is for one piece of advice that you would give to professionals who are managing the career family juggle break it down take each moment as it can I try and break down what I've got to do over the month the week the day think about it the night before, set myself up for a good day. And I think equally employers need to break it down. They need to think about those specific jobs that people have and understand where they can and can't be flexible and how we can do that. And I think that that's probably the the best thing that people can do in terms of getting a balance and getting the best out of employees and also for people to be able to juggle their lives as best they can with work. One thing at a time. Yeah, I think so. Do that one thing, do it well. Awesome. Thank you, Hayley, for sharing some time with us on the first day back to school. (laughs) It's my pleasure. It's good distraction, isn't it? Was today the day that had the lots of things happening, but it's okay, they're all good? Was that on today's gratitude journal? Yeah. Today (laughs) I've had quite a few things. So last night I went through my calendar, checked I could fit it all. And then, yeah, this morning I was grateful for a busy and varied work day. for family being home on this day to help out with that first day juggle and for my health that meant that I had the energy to do today. Yeah, I'm going to try this morning gratitude. I'm going to try it. I'll let you know. Especially when you're 38 weeks pregnant. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I wasn't very grateful at that point in my life. (laughs) Oh dear. Well, thank you so much, Hayley. It was awesome to have a chat with you. Thank you. Thanks, Hayley. Thanks everyone so much. That's all from us today. If you enjoyed the episode, then please subscribe and give us a rating and review to let us know what you think. It helps us and helps other people to find the show when they go looking for it in iTunes or whatever their podcast player may be. And don't forget you can download our self-care guide at thejuggle.com.au forward slash self-care. You can find all the links for today in the show notes to the episode. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.